We now return to Beyond Synth. Hey there, welcome to episode 10 of Beyond Synth. My name is Andy Last. Welcome to the podcast. This is a very special occasion because this is the 10th episode, and uh, every 10 episodes of the show, I will let you guys know how many episodes I've made, and so, so far I've made 10. For those of you unfamiliar, 10 is the number that comes after 9. I've never made 10 of anything before, and so this is very impressive for me. It may be less impressive for everybody else. I don't know where I'm going with this. Today on the show is Ark Neon, a.k.a. Benjamin Norman, uh, and he's a nice dude, and he's made some cool tracks. You get it. You know how this show works by now. I don't have to explain it to you every day. I have guests on the show who make cool synth music. I should stress, actually, that in the future, I may also veer slightly out of the genre because I also like talking to cool people. I just want to I just want to say that now just so like like in episode 30 I talked to like some rockabilly guy. It's not like why did Andy talk to him, you know what I mean? Like he's not synth. I'm like, "Well, fuck you." What is this? This is the worst intro I've ever done. <laughs> anyway, let's now go to my conversation with Arc Neon. <laughs> I'm here today with uh, Arc Neon. Hello. A.K.A. Benjamin Norman. How you doing? Yeah, good. Tired from work. Just got back, but yeah, I'm nice and relaxed now. What do you do? I work for Discovery TV. I build the channel. So like anyone in Italy, so I know Vincent... Vincenzo Salvia? Vincenzo. Yeah, yeah he, can, he can... If he turns on Discovery Italy at any moment, that's my work. So I just help kind of put the channels together and put the th- little things that go on screen. I basically sit at a desk all day, but yeah, I kind of build TV channels. I'm trying to figure out what that means. You mean you set up what the programming's going to be? No, no. So someone sets the programming up and then it gets put into this system and it kind of comes out looking like an Excel grid and it's up to me to put bumpers, you know, so you know those little flashes that will go like, discovery. I need to put those around and, and get people to make voiceovers for certain programs, you know, like coming up next and all that. I get those kind of recorded and put onto the schedules and everything like that. So I kind of, someone sends me these these programs and everything else that goes around it, like the idents and promos and all that, I kind of put the, put it in because every day needs to come to 24 hours. So I need to time each day so it directly comes to 24 hours. And so I kind of do all like little admin jobs that comes with it how many weeks in advance do you have to do that well <laughs> we work days in advance generally i do the next day i'm not like months ahead yet so i've done this weekend's today and on monday i'll do tuesdays and on tuesdays i'll do wednesdays so yeah it's literally like the next day kind of thing so if you call in sick vincenzo won't have discovery to watch or what happens the b- bloke i sit next to will have to work twice as hard that day <laughs> i think that's, that's generally what happens yeah that's what i've had to do but now nah, it's all good wouldn't uh wouldn't discovery Italy have like Italian bumpers? Yeah, but they might be Italian recorded and done what, but they're all typed into the computer in English. So I can still see them all and I can read them. I just, I, I never watch the channel. So, uh, I mean, I do watch the channel. But can you edit that bit? To make it sound like <laughs> I, I do, I, I do watch the channel. Um, we all watch Discovery HD <laughs> in Italy. And so, yeah, you can kind of see, like, you know, uh, you know, once it gets kind of, it gets all translated to us, so we kind of know what we're doing. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's not too bad, yeah. 
I don't I don't necessarily like to date these when I record them because sometimes it takes me quite a while to edit them. Yeah. But I will say that we both just recently purchased Grand Theft Auto Five. Absolutely amazing. It's it it's like one of my friends was saying, "Is it too soon?" Like. It's played a game like for three or four days too soon to call it the best game you've ever played, yeah. <laughs> and like it's it's quite it's quite an interesting debate because if it's held you for those four days straight and probably will go on to hold you for the next few months, then to predict that it's the best game isn't you know I think that's a kind of you know it's a fair shot, and I think it quite possibly you know could be the greatest game like we've seen ever. It's stunning. It's pretty awesome. I find it really hard to stop playing. I've got all this stuff to do. Just the uh, the switching between characters, so that when I, I've finished playing all of these missions and I'm and I feel like oh I could turn the game off now, then I just switch over to the other dude. And for some reason, it gives me the second wind all of a sudden, where I just want to play as that guy now. Like oh, what's he been up to? And have a little adventure with him as well. Oh, definitely. Who do you find though? Do you find that when you're just want to go like free roaming and like do whatever? Who who you? drawn to most i think i'm i'm drawn to michael the most same here yeah definitely i'm actually finding that um i'm liking uh, franklin a lot more than i thought i would well they've been so clever with like his story like his bit just has the best writing that i've seen in the computer game his friend lamar is like the funniest <laughs> yeah <laughs> the dialogue in that game is truly like so funny there have been some moments that i've found really hilarious and a lot of the stuff with michael and his family brilliant i mean all and all of trevor like every dialogue you know the way he he introduces the biker's brother via his foot. <laughs> like, it's brilliant, you know, when he's like saying to the other bikers, like, this is your brother. Did you play Lost in the Damned? No, I didn't. But I, I know that they're connected, aren't they? Like, that, that was the, the biker gang, wasn't it, from them? I think that was the character you played as in Lost in the Damned. I thought that, but didn't want to, like, assume that, because, again, because I've not played it, I thought, you know, that might just be generic bald biker. Yeah, like, I did play that one. And it was fine. I think it's funny what Rockstar did because I think it's accepted that he's like kind of the least likable protagonist they've ever had like in a GTA. Like a lot of the reviews surrounding Lost in the Damned were all like, you're not really going to like any of these characters. Whereas like some all the other ones, even though they're bad people, there's still something kind of redeeming about them. So I think maybe they might have done that on purpose. Like the his opening shot is just to get killed. <laughs> yeah, like he's on heroin and his wife's just, his girlfriend's just been screwed by yeah. someone. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of condemning him. Yeah. Like all GTAs, I'll just like park the car and listen to the talk radio. And I'm a big fan of uh, JB Smoove. I don't know, have you ever watched Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, I love it, yeah. Leon from Curb Your Enthusiasm's on the radio. Awesome, I didn't know that. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> he's, he's on chat radio and he's fucking hilarious. It sounds like he's just making it up on the spot. Just to get used to this one, I was playing number four and, you know, doing a load of like the online stuff. And I remember hearing, I heard the advert that I'd forgotten, the, the advert which is called Winging It which is a course where, you, you know, there's no there's no theory that isn't too complex that can't be broken down to three easy points. So come join Wing in it. I'm a brainless sales associate who gets by because I've got a great rack. With Wing It software, my presentations are 99% fluff and no substance. Nothing says success in the business world like a slideshow. Nothing says, I know what I'm talking about, than the ability to break down a complex idea into three simple points per slide. Order a copy of Wing It today. Wing It presentation software. A 720-degree revolution in business practice every day since 1997. It's a revolution. Prepare to be revolted. The idea of that, well, I just thought was brilliant. Yeah. And that's what I love about that game. And the other thing I love about the radio is that thing where everything you do, there will be a news report about what you've done and I always forget that they do those tiny little things that just make you know so much more immersed and just you go... 
oh yeah, of course, like the city around me, you know, and everything. And yeah, it's brilliant. Let's talk a bit about you, Benjamin. Hello. Do people call you Benjamin? They call me many names. <laughs> some of which, <laughs> some of which I answer to, some of which I don't. But yeah, um, yeah, Ben. Ben's fine. When did Arc Neon begin? It started like a few years ago, um, and it's kind of. I guess I've kind of always been doing it. It's quite funny. Like I was thinking about the idea of getting asked that question, and like when did I start music, and like, when did I start doing this? And originally, it was just I found myself breaking up with this girl. And she left this keyboard at my flat. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, quite bored. You know, what should I do? And I just picked it up just because I was, like, bored. And I tried to learn the guitar and I just failed miserably. So I thought, I'll give that a go. And um, moved into this flat with my friend. You know, we, we thought, oh, maybe we should write music. Because I used to just sit in my room and, like, write little things on a keyboard. Eventually, like, he knew how to use Fruity Loops and taught me how to use it. And, like, kind of, we both got kind of going on it. I guess it kind of just came from that. And again, like a few people have said, it was only really when, like, I heard the Drive soundtrack and, you know, things like that that made me realize and, like, discovered these bands. I was like, oh, people are actually doing this properly. It's not just me in my room making this music that, like, I, I assume that there's not a market for, that no one wants to hear it. Because I think the thing that gets me is, like, the really kind of brassy keyboard sound, that really kind of cheesy 80s, that Van Halen jump kind of keyboard yeah, sound. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's that that most draws me to this kind of music. I guess it's, like, from years ago, like, my brother playing me, like, Jean-Michel Jarre and me being so young, like, I'd be like, what is this shit kind of thing? Mm -hmm. And then only years later, kind of going, oh, yeah, like, you know, and actually, like, appreciating it so much more and realizing that there is this massive market, this massive resurgence of like, all these people doing it, you know, and doing it absolutely amazingly. It's it's wicked to see that people that, like, share our forums and we share fans and, like, you know, that I feel like are as good as anyone else in any other kind of field. Doing yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's what amazed me. You know what I mean? Like when I, when I first discovered it and was listening, I was, I was surprised because I had sort of a preconceived notion of what a dude at his keyboard at his computer would sound like. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And when I heard the stuff, I was, at first I was even intimidated to get in contact with people. Like when I decided this was what I wanted my podcast to be, I just imagined everyone was going to be so like serious and you know, not not into the idea of doing it. And it's been the complete opposite. I think what you're doing is brilliant. And, and I think that's probably half the reason that everyone's jumped on board as well, because, you know, someone is doing this and like, you know, everyone I've spoke to has always been so friendly and so nice and, you know, so willing to help. You know, Jake Freeman, who you had on it, like, is a brilliant guy. Like, you know, I remember when I joined and noticed Protector 101 and like listened to some of his music and then put the odd song up and he like would always say such nice things and like, you know, really give you confidence knowing that someone who you think is brilliant, it's not like you're going to this huge rock band or anything. You're doing it to people that are right there. That's been one of the nicest things about the whole sort of community is there, it's generally a lot of really cool people who like to have a good time. I haven't really run into anybody who is too serious or pretentious about the stuff which I, I don't i don't necessarily think you can be yeah with this type of music like there there is sort of a there is a kind of a i mean i love it to death but there is like a cheesiness to it but it's an awesome kind of cheesiness yeah I, i'd say that definitely to an extent and i mean a lot of the music like that i do like i think you know falls in that kind of obvious category not necessarily that it's like cheesy but i kind of write clearly in the mold that the scene has formed in that sense you know what you'd almost like imagine it to sound like in some right shape right right i think there are a few artists that like go beyond that your album uh night heat 
which uh, is awesome. Like I've listened to that track, uh, "Pray for Your Life," like a shitload of times. Man, that song is amazing. <laughs> yeah, just I think that was the first song I ever wrote on Fruity Loops. I think, and probably I think, mm-hmm. and like that night heat, like you know, there's there's details and little things on that EP that probably won't ever appear on other EPs that I do, just because I think it's the way you know, because I was getting into it at that point that you know i was trying out little things and you know things that might not necessarily i wouldn't do again or i i can't do again you know i kind of almost got lucky and did it because i didn't really know what i was doing it's funny sometimes sometimes there's like certain tunes that just hit all the right notes and i find that's with with pray for your life it's just one of those songs that it's not necessarily super complex i've listened to it so many times like it's just it's just doing all the right stuff i think it's only like three notes if i remember as well i think it was one of those shameful ones where like i learned chrome night by night and then like two days later i wrote that song and then i kind of was like is that chromio night by night but just <laughs> hearing a guy called Naltro, um, but he had a song called, I think it's something Marathon, like Neon Marathon, but like that, like you say, there's certain songs that you just hit, and when I hear that song, I must have listened to that song probably hundreds of times, like that a good percentage of his SoundCloud listens are probably me, just because I think it hits exactly like the right spot on certain things, you know, that it does in that song, like the lead is brilliant and stuff like that. I was looking at some older posts, I saw like when you were going to debut uh, Night Heat, and I kept on seeing it referred to as Pray For Your Knife. We had a few ideas for the name, because uh, originally when I wrote that EP, there was two of us in Art Beyond. Since then, I've moved out and like we just got busy. And at the mo- moment, it's just like me doing most of it. And like, you know, I'm sh- like the door's always open. And so, you know, we'll probably end up writing again pretty soon. Um, but it's just because we've like, we're not living together. And we wrote that EP when we lived together because it was so much easier. And like, now we're not living so close that we, we you know, we're not able to do that to be honest yeah it's only our laziness that we haven't but yeah yeah i know we should probably just i mean i think all we need is a dropbox account really isn't it (laughs) like but but yeah but yeah we had a few names and we were thinking of that and i quite liked the idea of pray for your knife i quite liked that kind of slight pun and whatnot but then we ended up 
describe with what it was. Wait, so some girlfriend left a keyboard at your house? Yeah, it's one of those ones where, like, when I was younger, like, we had a bit of a messy breakup, so we couldn't talk. And so she had my Game Boy Advance, and I had her keyboard. And because I wanted my Game Boy Advance, so I didn't have it anymore to play. So I was kind of like, well, I've got to do something with these fingers. And so, like, I thought, yeah, I'll go for that keyboard. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, it's not exactly a game, but maybe I'll have fun. And like, you know, it took me five years, but eventually I've now started to have a bit of fun playing it. I'm going to take that sample of, <laughs> I got to find something to do with these fingers and <laughs> play it at very inappropriate times during the rest of this interview. <laughs> I'll announce it with a sound effect. You'll hear like a chime sound and then I'll... <laughs> nice. Well, I've got to do something with these fingers. What is Wolf plus Yeti? Well, again, when I was living in that flat, a few of us, I was originally like a drummer in a band and for years I just drummed. And I think there's a lot of drummers because I know um, Sunglasses Kid is a drummer as well. And I think there's just this thing that when you when you sit on drums, after a while you watch all these people, like you know, like the guitarist and the bassist and whoever you're playing with, like write songs and you, you kind of think, oh, why don't you do that? And no one ever listens to the drummer. And so I think after a while you get this kind of urge to just start like making more, you know, making music. And the people that I lived with, were the same people that I was in those bands with. And like I think I got that urge when, when we couldn't have a drum kit set up to just start writing. And so we kind of started doing a lot more kind of folky kind of electronica, but we used a lot of like vocoders because I was obsessed with vocoders and like auto tunes at the time. But I think a few of those songs are on the internet somewhere, but mm -hmm. yeah, it was just a kind of little mess around that we used to do. You still like buddies with all those people? Or? Yeah, yeah, I still see them all the time. I'll probably be playing GTA with them later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I see them all the time. of your releases are sort of like concept albums i would say or concept eps yeah 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 some of them are more obvious but what's what's wet dreams all about wet dreams was just kind of like i was young like that ep like i wrote six months or a year before i actually released it the way the music was going and the kind of feel and i i think i just and i found that picture of that woman and everything kind of connected i just thought there was a kind of slight sexy element to the Thing. And I wanted a release called Wet Dreams as well, to be honest. I thought, oh, that's quite a nice name. I thought, I'll have that, yeah.
concept is like quite a big thing and i think again one of the reasons i do it because it ties so much with like the 80s and like the action movies and like the music it, it all goes hand in hand and i think the way i write music if i have a focus of like what i'm writing it for i'm almost like feel like i'm you know i come up with an idea for a movie i.e bloodsport or um you know night heat and i think or, or even the the other like the horror one and i think what music would that have like i kind of come up with a story and i kind of just try and write the music that i imagine the film that i'm imagining in my head would sound like that's a good point because that's one of the things i was going to ask you was do you find that that's always the case that when you when you do a concept album that it's the concept you think of first and that drives the creative process or have you ever done it the other way where you've made the music and then found a concept that suits the music you've written no i've always generally come up with the the idea of what i'm writing it for first like i'll write a song maybe or, or one or two and i think or maybe I'll, I'll come up like that and think oh that kind of has a like maybe you know what what i'm just picturing in my head when i'm writing that song or listening to it like what i imagine it would be used for or what or what context you know you'd hear it generally quite early the concept's always born like, i know Bloodsport. Uh, I, I wrote one song that didn't even feature on the ep and i was like that would go on that and then i just wrote a load of other songs and they ended up better than that one. So I was just like, well, I'll just put those out and that'll go with it. And I think the artwork really helped. I got this guy called um, Michael. I think I'm pretty sure his name was Michael. I haven't switched him in a while. But, and he was one of my friends. He was only like 18 years old. He's some kid at school. I just left school. And like I saw his artwork and it's absolutely amazing. And uh, I was like, gave him this kind of idea. And he just ran with it and came up with a Bloodsport cover, which I thought was Stunning. Once I um, then once I had that, I knew exactly what I wanted to write. Are the tracks in order of of what you wrote? Oh no 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 no! I kind of then put it in my kind of. I always then kind of come up with a narrative. And I tell you, the funny thing is, Rick Shithouse, the guy who runs the yeah. forum uh, on Facebook, he nails it every time I write. Every time I put it out, he in his reviews, he always tells the stories with the songs because he gets like what's going on and he nails it perfectly every time like if i if i ever had to have anyone like make the film i'd just go like rick you know you know it better than i do you've you know you've made it better than even i could have put it and i hope it's really obvious because i don't i'm not trying to like do anything that isn't really obvious you know i want it to be what you see and what you hear i really hope do go hand in hand because that's like kind of what i'm trying to achieve well i love um yeah like the cover of the night heat one it's like it's perfect and uh, I loved your little your write up you did. I do read um, the reviews that uh, that Rick writes on the on the Synthetics blog, and uh, that dude writes like poetry to people. Oh, it's amazing! It's absolutely amazing. You know, he's always said had really kind words to say about Arc Neon, and so I'm 100% grateful. And like you know, his the exposure you get from him is brilliant, and um, they're a joy to read. You know, they 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 paint as much pictures as the music does. Do you write the uh, the paragraphs then that accompany the release where you explain the story? Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend who does creative writing, so I always run it past him. I always go like, what do you think? And he'll come up with, I know like the the last line of the Night Heat one, like the kind of, it will end, you know, there's a kind of rhyme in it. And uh, he came up with that, I know. But yeah, like, yeah. And normally, because the trouble is I'm bugging all my friends to make them listen to it all the time it all, you know, and, and telling them the story. And even Bloodsport, like, I got the crazy idea because I like had it and I was kind of sitting on it for a little bit, just trying to like sort little bits out on it. And um, I got this crazy idea. I was like, I'm going to make the, make a short film to go with it. And so like, I went and went to my old house and I like, went through the attic and found like my VHS camera because I was like, I'm going to film it on VHS. Yeah. And like, you know, okay. <laughs> and like, went, it, 
like even went and bought like went and bought a massive machete like a fake machete off ebay like went and bought like these little helmets in fact one of them you know like doctor who the robot that has the big things that go either side of its head i think yeah, it's probably yeah. like the most generic one but i've got one of those in my room like i've got i bought all of these props like a load of fake blood and everything and i was like i'm gonna do this and then i kind of start started thinking about it and i thought there's no way I could just do this on a whim. <laughs> like, I was like, this is not a whim. Like, you know, you've bought a few things, but you can't suddenly just go shoot like a 10 minute movie and then expect it to be, you know, because I'd be like, why isn't that really good? I've just, you know, I've just got to bought these things. I've just done this. Why isn't this brilliant? And it wouldn't be. So I kind of... I love the idea, idea that, that that sort of moment happened to you once you had all the props. <laughs> like yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah got the, I've, got, I've got the mask. I've got the knife. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, I think that was literally... I was standing there with like a... You know, like some, I poured the fake blood into a bowl and I like had it there and I had everything ready. And I was like... <laughs> Uh, I was like, this is. I was like, first of all, I need loads more people than like my poor mate and a girlfriend that I've got. You know, like I was like, I, I need, I need more than this. And then so I just kind of was like, yeah, screw this. Um, <laughs> if I had more time, money, I would always do like something like that because I, I come from more like a script writing background, and you know, I loved film mm -hmm. before I loved music. You know, or before I could play music. Was there a story to Night Heat, or was the story just that there was a bowl of blood and a guy with a. <laughs> A bit life, yeah. Well, like, yeah, it wouldn't have pro really progressed much beyond that. But then it's about, you know, a murderer. So as long as you've got blood and a knife, you know, you're doing all right. You know, probably some women. I'd have got some women in it as well. Well, I've got to do something with these fingers. I did a little bit of filming with it, like, in my room and tested it out and stuff and played it back. And I was like, bloody hell, like, I couldn't use this. It was almost too bad. I was like, you know, I'd much rather add it as an after effect because, you know, some of the after effects you can do to make it stuff look like VHS now was amazing. Yeah. But yeah, the actual like thing was really grainy. It kept cutting to like fuzz and everything. And so I was a bit like... Mm. I used to make little short films with one of those and they never really uh, progressed to a point where they were really good at picking up any light. So if you're trying to film in the dark, it would always just look like shit. <laughs> it would look like shit anyways. I mean, anytime I yeah, see VHS now, the only thing I think of is porno. Like, I mean, it's just, that's the, that look that just that really grainy just looking thing it's it's just too cheap to really i was gonna say that should be my next one maybe i should just like maybe that's doable i've got the vhs camera like i've got the girlfriend like maybe i should just make a porn album next yeah. time <laughs> and go like i can be like i can actually film that at least. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's the one place you don't need a script or a yeah or a bucket of blood yeah, yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> Set in Miami at the peak of a heat wave, a stalker takes to the streets to hunt his victims in the coolest of ways. I love the, the coolest of ways. What's your favorite track on it? My favorite track probably is the closing one because that was one of the one of the ones that the other guy who wrote it had like you know I kind of did a little bit, but he much more led that song. And I just think some of the things he like some of the some of the melodies he gets on that track i just thought was absolutely amazing but yeah so probably the closing one yeah i remember when i heard that i was just like bloody hell that's brilliant you talking about uh, femme fatale
me about uh, Le Porte del Ferno. That was kind of written because I was watching a lot of uh, Lucio Fellucci's horror films at the time, and I love horror movies. I'd watched a load of those, and I, I, I was kind of like still kind of messing around with Bloodsport, and it was still only like half done, and so I kind of took a break from it and wrote that EP in between, or like what you know, while I was writing Bloodsport, and kind of, and it was only ever meant to be just like a fun little kind of throwaway EP that I just I wrote these songs that I knew wouldn't be able to go on Bloodsport, but. I was addicted to horror films, so I'd like, I felt I needed to get that out somehow. Yeah, I just wrote it and chucked it out there kind of thing. And it got a nice little response. And I didn't ever like expect it to get reviewed or want it to really get reviewed because I didn't want it to hold up like you know as a proper piece of my work because it was more me just doing it and I thought I can either just sit on these and do nothing with them. I gave it away for like the first 200 downloads and like I think it hit that the other week. Mm-hmm. And so I just, just put it up. Two pound bargain. If anyone hasn't got it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and wants to grab it. How did you come up with the uh, the track names? I haven't uh, translated them. So all I did was go to this website called um, My Duck Is Dead, which is like a really good website for like really weird and obscure old horror movies and really freaky kind of films that came out in you know in Europe during the seventies. And um, I just went through and found horror movie titles that I liked. And then, like, you know, one of them, I think Fratty Rossi or something, track four is The Red Monks, which was this horror movie. And I just always down there somewhere, he has the Italian translation. So I just found six horror movies or however many films there are with the horror movie titles I liked. And then just took the Italian version of the name and kind of put it to the track that I felt suited it. I should run these through Google. I'm looking at uh, track number five on your album, which is uh, Los Ritos Sexual del Diablo. Oh, I know that. That's the sexual, the satanic sexual rites of the devil or something like that, which I was like, awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, right. This goes perfect with a bowl of blood and a <laughs> yeah, machete. Exactly. I, should, I should write that movie, really. Yeah. Bowl of blood, man. That can be your next album. <laughs> Actually... Bowl of Blood just sounds more like hard rock stuff. Yeah. That's death metal. That's where the dudes are like, Bowl of Blood! You know, like that kind of crap. <laughs> I think the next kind of theme that I'm going to go for the next EP is like kind of like that workout kind of vibe. You know, like in the, in the 80s, you know, all those workout videos and everyone in like, I think that's the kind of, I'm going to go for a much more kind of like upbeat and kind of poppy vibe. Because I think like writing those kind of songs that I wrote in Bloodsport, you know, I think I was like, I got that out of my system. And then I think I've kind of, the music I'm listening to at the moment and whatnot is kind of making me feel a little bit more upbeat. I think I'm going to go that kind of vibe. And I've, because so many people have been like having collaborations and I've never had any collaborations or anything like that. So 
this EP I'm going to try and like explore, get a few people to like work with. And I've got Zombie Hyperdrive, which I think is just one of the most awesome names <laughs> yeah. for that. That could be like any kind of band. And he's going to do a few guitars and a couple of songs and and possibly working with some vocalists and stuff well, that's cool and that's gonna be the first time where like some of them will be themed in that vibe and some of them i'm actually like the ones where i'm writing vocals i'm sitting there and actually trying to like write a song which i've never really done so that's really interesting again i'm sure that was kind of influenced by that sunglasses kid like hearing that and hearing how well those all translate and being like maybe i should give that a go on a much you know kind of smaller scale than tell me about uh blood sport 2092 or do you say 2092 yeah i say 2092 yeah maybe yeah a funny story about that when i like someone put it on a forum and i noticed someone say doesn't the guy on the front cover look like danny mcbride yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and i'm looking at it right now and i'm just like oh god damn it he does look like danny mcbride <laughs> and i've never been able to lose that so now i imagine the movie stars danny mcbride going onto this kind of alien planet and at the time of listening to that i was reading lots of hp lovecraft and clark ashton smith which are these like writers at the turn of the century and they all talk about this kind of they write all these horror stories and they're all like this impending doom this doom that you know you'll never escape you know it's far beyond you and it's like you know to do with aliens and you know other planets and whatnot and i kind of just from that that and kind of watching the running man i was just like one I, I just want to do something that's you know set on this barren planet and again just conjures up these images of like people fighting each other in like deserts and whatnot <laughs> The Running Man. <laughs> I used to love the song from The Running Man. How's it go again? That that. Uh, oh. I All 
I ever have running through my head is the Cannibal Holocaust soundtrack. When I think of soundtracks, my brain just goes Cannibal Holocaust soundtrack. <laughs> is there someone who did like some remixes of one of your tracks? I'm looking at this when it says Alpha Boy VHS ad. What does that mean? I noticed Alpha Boy did this release. I think it was like rider i think and like he had he was able to get this really good like vhs kind of grainy feel on the sounds and again just going along with the idea that originally if this had been like the movie that the soundtrack you know that the fake soundtrack to the fake movie and whatnot would have been released on a vhs and that was the whole vibe that i was going for and i just think it works really well and again i just like you know that vhs feel that that it has where it kind of you know does the little bends and whatnot and i just wanted to give it a go on that song so he kindly did it anyone remix anything and like i've never you know i've never really kind of actively looked you know i've never asked really anyone actually i think jake once tried to remix one of my songs and he was just like i don't have a clue what to do with it and i was kind of like yeah fair <laughs> and so like you know since then i've kind of just thought oh just let's leave it and, I, and like, only recently i've given remix in a go and like you know it's, it's quite fun you know if anyone ever wants a remix i'll you know i'll happily give it a go because, you know, it's quite nice to take a break. Being creative, you're just nice to, like, not have to lead from the front. You've almost got someone else to, you know, you just need to, like, kind of enhance the bits you like from it. Yeah, yeah. That's how I look at it anyway. It's like, I take, I like, do a song that I like and try and pull out those bits even more. So when you, because this is something that I'm always asking people, like, this is a technical question, but. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> now the veil will be lifted when you ask me any technical question and I fail miserably but I can't let's give it a go first (laughs) off how um, what would you say is the like um, when you have a bowl right how many liters of fake blood can the bowl hold is my question as many as you're willing to like pour into it generally it overflows and like becomes a big mess and you get told off so there's my answer (laughs) so wait you're a big like movie guy then did what did you did you go to school for anything specialized? Uh, well, I did script writing at university and I did like film. So yeah, so my degree is like half film and half sociology. So yeah, I did like a few script writing courses. And, you know, I know it's just like something that, you know, I spend all my time 
you know, watching films or talking about films or listening to film, you know, film podcasts or scores or whatever. I like, I like how you said the word just. It's just something I spend all of my time doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just. Who is Fabio Fritzi? He is the guy who wrote the zombie Flesh Eater soundtrack. And like, I'm going to see him on October in London. He's playing like a gig in a church. And um, yeah, I remember just when I did Portal del Inferno, I just sent, sent him a link and said like, you know, this is kind of music that I've been inspired by you know, through listening to your stuff and watching the films you've done. And like, he's had some kind words, sent me a nice little message and everything. And I just thought that was quite nice. And again, like, you know, thank God the internet allowed me to do that kind of thing. So yeah, he's just like, you should check out some of his stuff. I really recommend the zombie flesh eater soundtrack. It's really good. (laughs) I saw some pictures on your page that you had, uh, for a while there, a pretty significant uh, mustache going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I love a tash. Yeah, I think that's my favorite form of facial hair. But the trouble is, even, like, I'm so lazy that facial hair always is on my face. Like, I, I'm never, I've, I haven't been clean-shaven since the day I grew hair kind of on my face. Then I, And I'll always be like, I'll oh, shave, shave it into a mustache. And then I get lazy and it becomes a beard. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just need to like be bothered again. Like, right now I've got like a beard, but in my head I'd want a mustache, but... GTA's out, and so I haven't really got time to shave. If only it were as easy as it is in GTA when you can go to the barber shop and they... I've got time to do that. I could, I've done that about 20 times already playing the game, but to do it to my own face, no chance. That's exactly what's going on with me, man. I have all these other things to do, and I keep telling everyone, you know, like, oh, I got no time, I got no time, but I can still kind of squish a few minutes of game time in, but then it's too hard to stop. It's so hard to stop playing that game, man. It's so hard. Especially, like, when it starts hitting the late hours. Like, you know, 11, there's no difference between 11 and 1. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you're <laughs> playing that game. Like, 11 soon becomes 1. And then you, then you start going, oh, I've got work tomorrow. And yeah. then you're like, oh, I'll go till 2. You're like, who needs sleep? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, when I'm awake, all I'm doing is thinking about GTA at the moment anyway. So I've always been a night owl, um, even when I was a kid. But I just realized lately that I'm not actually very productive in the evening, so I've decided now to just play games. A brilliant idea and a brilliant solution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I thought I used to be. I'm like, oh, I'm a night owl. That's when I get all my work done. And then I started to realize that, you know, after about like 1130, the work I was putting out was really lame. I work from home, so that's I thought I, I was really productive and I'd, you know, drink a tea and stay up and I, that's when I did my best work. And it turns out that's when I would just sit there and stare. Yeah. There's a lot of staring going on, like just looking at the computer and staring and not necessarily reading anything, but just sort of looking at stuff. My girlfriend will be sitting in the front room with me and I'll be on my computer and I'll be like, I'm doing music, you know, and I'll be like sit there for like two hours or whatever doing it. And I haven't done anything. I've just listened to my song over and over again, just being yeah. like, what should I change? But I can't be bothered to change something. Or I'll just be like doing so browsing the internet. But like, I haven't got the heart to tell her that I just wasted those two hours. I'm like, oh, I did something really good, honey. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> like lie to her and just tell her that I'm making brilliant music, even though I'm not. I'm just sitting there staring at it. <laughs> like, yeah, that sort of happens in my life as well. Tell my wife, I'm just like, yep, I'm working. I got lots of work to do tonight. And then that work consists of staring at a screen and uh, moving some things around back and forth. And (laughs) I do fool around with Fruity Loops as well. And I find 80% of my experience on Fruity Loops is just listening to the things I've already made. You'll have that bit where like you kind of come up with sometimes if I'm like kind of trying to think of ideas, like you'll make a really simple little drum beat. Like I'll be trying to play live over it. And you'll like realize that for 20 minutes, you've just got this, had this fucking bass drum in your head. (laughs) And you're like, and you're like, like, 
why am I going crazy? Like, yeah. when I'm trying to write this song, and you're like, oh yeah, because like for 20 minutes, I've just had thud, thud, because I haven't bothered to like sort it out or anything. I'm just sort of trying to come up with a melody over it. No, I know exactly what you mean, because you almost forget about it. It just becomes this subliminal thing that's like kind of going into your brain and into your body, and you just forget and then you have to really like step back and think like Jesus Christ like yeah. especially when you're on like the the default uh, tempo in Fruity Loops or whatever like you are listening to essentially like two seconds looped over and over and again it's it's crazy. If I heard someone just hear a bass drum for twenty minutes going, thum, thum, they'd be like, "How can you do that?" Like, yeah, like, yeah, all part of the creative process. You said you were working on a thing right now. Was that something that you are? going to be working on or is that something that you are working on well, yeah no i yeah i'm working on it and it's kind of like when i released Bloodsport, i just had that my momentum of writing hadn't really finished and so i kind of the, the weekend it was out i was i was working on like two brand new songs and like you know i kind of got to five i kind of thought well what more can i do with these why don't i spend a little bit of time and i like i've never really been happy with the mastering of my eps like you know they're, they're not terrible but compared to like other people's mastering you know that they're, they're you know it's pretty terrible then and so i've really thought maybe i'll try and get someone else to master it and so i'm going to take a lot longer with this ep i think and try and really just try and make it as, as good as possible the mastering is like the biggest trick because that's the one i've never i mean i don't i don't consider myself a producer in any way but neither do i i don't at all because i'm terrible at mastering so I would, like I, I'd, people would be like if i call myself a producer they'd be like you're a terrible producer <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. I'm just like, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I guess a musician. There's an art to that sort of frequency adjustments and all this stuff. It's something I've always understood and it's something I have an ear for, but it's not something I've ever been able to do. Like, Yeah, no, I agree. I appreciate it. When I hear it on, on other people's tracks, I like appreciate how well it's produced, but it doesn't mean that I'm able to necessarily do that to my own songs. When I was younger, since I didn't really understand you know, the process of mastering, I would just keep adding more stuff. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, certainly the more stuff there is, it's going to be more complex and then it's going to sound good. And so when I would listen to like 80s music and go like, there's just two synth sounds going on and a drum beat and a vocal. So how is it that this fucking thing sounds so full and my thing that's got like 80 tracks of nonsense going on sounds all muddled and all in like the center of the speaker, you know? Definitely. And I think that's probably even noticeable on like my first two releases, like Night Heat and Wet Dreams. I think, you know, there's probably a lot more tracks on that than there is on the new songs I'm writing. Most of the new songs I'm writing only has about three or four instruments. And I think like, I think I finally got to that bit where I'm like, that's what I want to try now. Like, I know it's doable and I know that that's what people do and I know that it gets really good sounds. And so I think that I'm ready to kind of take that step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, just because the scene's so supportive and everything like that, that, you know, you just feel like, you know, I don't want to do anything necessarily the same again. And like, you know, you might as well just give it a go. Me doing this is purely fun and enjoyment. And so if I have an idea, I'll share it if there's people that want to hear it. Do you primarily use a Mac? I used to use the Mac. Well, I remember when I started, when I was like writing songs, I'd like use Fruity Loops, export the drum beat or like whatever I'd have built really basically in Fruity Loops, put that onto a Audacity and record vocals. And then I saw Garage Band, I was like, God, I want that. And then um, had the money and knew that I needed a computer, like, you know, an upgrade. So I thought I'll go to a Mac and like use that for a bit. And then shamefully, ended up coming back into this kind of music where I no longer wanted to do live instruments or, or as much live instruments. And so I thought, well, I need a PC again because you can't get Fruit Loops on a Mac. So I then went and bought like a, a the cheapest PC I could find mm -hmm. like for about 50 quid that runs Fruit Loops fine. 
So now I have a Mac that sits there and does fuck all, really. And I use my £50 computer to do everything. Yeah, I did a sort of similar thing because I'm a video editor, so I use a Mac to do the majority of my work. I also had a laptop for some reason. I had a, a like a, a Mac laptop with the idea that oh, I'll be able to take my work on the go with me. But really all it ended up being was something that would just stress me out because if I went on holiday, I would take the laptop with me. Yeah. And then I would always know that I could be working, so I never really enjoyed myself. <laughs> so then I ended up with, you know, Mac stuff isn't cheap. So yeah. <laughs> I've got this like $1,200 laptop to go on the internet. Yeah. Like, what the fuck's the point of this? <laughs> you know, like I know, I know. It's, it's literally like it's something I use. So I'm like, oh, I can watch YouTube in bed. I'll use my like £400 Mac to do that. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. I should sell it. I should sell it. Anyone want a Mac? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone hearing this that wants a Mac? Yeah, call me. I'll like call me or text me or whatever. How much do you... Um, I'm... <laughs> I found it hilarious. I was listening back to the interview that I did with uh, Highway Superstar, and uh, we were talking about the price of video games in Israel, and I got all serious on him. Yeah, I heard that. I was blown away by that. And good for him, obviously, just ordering it off Amazon or whatever and getting it sent. When I listened back, it made me laugh. So to hear my voice become all serious <laughs> over video game prices, <laughs> like that was the thing. Just, I was like, oh my God. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I want you to storm the country with like a rucksack full of games and free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take them, people. <laughs> yeah, just GTA five. So for you, you are in Great Britain. How many how many pounds does a, a game cost? But everyone orders it. No one really buys them in the stores anymore, even though I did. But um, I think you could order it for £39 on Amazon or £35 on Amazon. But I went into Blockbuster because I traded in like a couple of games because I thought I'm never going to play and looked at all my, all my games and thought, any of these again i just went and traded like fifa and a few games and just got like i think so i ended up paying like 20 quid for it so i thought that's fine i recently did that too i did a purging i used to own a lot of games and i would just keep them thinking like oh i'll keep this for historical value one yeah. of these days, my son will play these games. <laughs> and then after a while, I started to realize, like, he's not going to play this shit. Like, by the time he gets old enough to really get into games, he's just going to want to play the PS4. Yeah. And if I try and show him the antiquated PS3, you know, so I, I went on a huge purging thing. And half the time, too, a lot of these games, I think, are still going to come out again anyways. And super HD, you know, on the new consoles. Yeah. If they ever re-release Skyrim or any one of those things and pop it in in HD or... Even Grand Theft Auto V, I'd buy it again. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I most know. people would. Yeah. Right now, like half of the world is playing Grand Theft Auto V. So there's going to be the issue that if they do ever transfer it over, there might still be a more vibrant online community on the PS3 version than there will be on the on the PS4 version, yeah? So you'd, you'd be able to transfer your save game, wouldn't you? Well, it'd be cool if you could. If you could do that, then every then I'm sure if you could afford it, you'd go. But like, if you couldn't, then you wouldn't, I wouldn't ever, you know, the investment, you know, the hours that I know I'm going to put into that. Yeah. That waste it. <laughs> it's only like our generation that refers to that as an investment. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at Dark Souls. I was playing Dark Souls the other day and I looked and I think I'd spent 130 hours playing that game. Really? I was like, fucking hell, Jesus. Dark Souls was one of those ones I never even tried. I like games that are sort of accessible, like difficulty-wise. I think that's what I've learned in my old age. Yeah. I get frustrated when I go back and play like some of the classics. I get pissed off at Mega Man, you know, <laughs> when there's just old games that are just hard as shit. And it's just, <laughs> and I, I just can't handle it. Like, it just pisses me off. I, I love new games. I love the save points. I've never yearned for the difficulty of classic games. The one thing I have yearned for from classic games was the soundtracks, because I find like new video game music 
isn't quite as melodic as it used to be and it's more about like ambience and stuff that's 100 true definitely and that's what i want so whenever i play a game that's got a wicked score which is you know not very often i'm usually compelled to to play it but i've never yearned for there's some people who are you know the hardcores from yesteryear who you know i want a game where when you die you have to replay the last 30 hours you should you know like all this stuff and i'm like no fucking way i love checkpoints i love Saving my game mid-mission, I love all that stuff. I played through Skyrim, and by the end, like my character was so tough because I made him a bit of a tank. Like He could just walk up to a dragon and just stand there and just whack him in the head a few times and it'd die. And I kind of remember thinking, there's no challenge in this game because, again, you could save it all the time and you could do whatever. And like you know, you could whack up the difficulty, but you'd, but like I remember thinking, reading the reviews of Dark Souls, I was like, that was the game that I wanted. Yeah, I enjoyed Skyrim like, you know, for loads of reasons. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. But it was the gameplay that I wanted dark souls had because skyrim was just a bit like run around slash your sword and yeah exactly yeah yeah it wasn't as like attuned as it is in dark souls well that makes sense i mean it depends on what you want to get out of what you want to get out of it like i've always been a fan of games that are reasonable difficulty but a lot of content that's why i love sky like the elder scrolls series i just love that you know i don't really have to replay missions too many times but I like that there's a ton of missions to do. Like, that's what I love. I just love games that are like, give you a bang for your buck. Yeah. Again, GTA, I mean, that. Of you course, know, yeah. You could be, you could be, t- it's, it's so interesting. Like, when you play it, you realize that even though that some of the missions are quite difficult and, you know, but essentially, you know, you could be terrible and still play that whole game through it, enjoy it. I'm just a big fan right now. If you put the silencer on the shotgun. Oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah. I, have, I haven't used it yet, but I, I have got all my guns. It makes, and it makes the same sound effect as it did in No Country for old men that weird like reversing sound effects like and like oh it's amazing brilliant i'm only gonna use that gun though it's fucking so cool and i just got the jerry can have you used that i used it in the mission where you burn the meth lab as soon as i did that i was thinking the beginning of goonies you can recreate the beginning of goonies (laughs) i was like we have to do that online something you wanted to, to mention in, in closing or this is this is the gta themed uh, podcast yeah 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 um no um, not really i just like a thanks to everyone who's like ever heard any of my music or obviously anyone who's purchased it and everything and like i hope that you like it and again yeah thank you for doing this podcast and thank you to everyone listening and it's sort of a trite question but of 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 the things that you've released what do you think it, what's what's your personal favorite 
I think I put the most into Bloodsport, so I'd probably say that. But then at the same time, I've heard that so much now that I'd happily never hear that again, kind of thing. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, but yeah, probably Bloodsport. Yeah, I'd say. But I think the I, the one I'm working on at the now the, the the moment I think will be the best one I've ever done. I think you should obviously always try and get better, and I think this one will be definitely a sign that you know I'm getting a little bit better. I do hear the like the evolution when I check out your Bandcamp and start at the beginning and go up. Like I am hearing a difference, so I'm seeing it but it's but it's great stuff i mean like i there's a lot of really awesome tracks in there thank you very much and this podcast is awesome so keep doing it as well yeah like you know i listen to it every time it's released i put it get it straight away and listen to it at work and yeah it always makes you laugh and i hope people aren't annoyed by my kind of low drony voice yeah. that's the most interesting part about the whole thing is everybody is always surprised by the way everybody else sounds yeah and everyone else has sounded so nice as well and i think i'll be the first one where people will be like Oh, God. That's also what everybody says about their own voice. Yeah, I might just record a load of really funny anecdotes, and so you could just, like, plop them in like, every now and then. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, oh, and another thing. And then I'll just tell a really funny anecdote that I find off the internet or something. And then <laughs> Yeah, just... didn't even happen to you. Yeah, yeah, no, hell no, no, no. Anyways, man, it's been good talking to you. You too, man. Yeah, have a nice night. Yeah, you too, buddy. Alrighty, that was Arc Neon. As always, I will be posting links on the podcast page. So if you check out the website, beyondsynth.com, and you check out the Arc Neon episode, there's a bunch of links below the actual player, and those links lead to uh, their websites and uh, Twitter accounts and Facebooks and all that stuff you can do if you dig the music you are listening to. And that's all for me. So I hope you guys have a lovely day. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope it's good. Again, I don't know what it is about this episode and why I'm rambling in these intros and outros, but I just felt like it's something that I wanted to do. I felt like it was very important to me. I think it's just because I'm I'm riding this high of excitement because this was episode 10, and uh, maybe I'll do it again for episode 20. Anyways, guys, have a lovely day. I already said that. Jesus. Apparently, I'm really bad at outros as well as um, intros and also interviewing. Well, we'll work on that. Tune in next time on Beyond Synth. Yeah, nigga, I'm still fucking with you. Still waters run deep. Still Snoop Dogg and D.R.A. Nine-nine, nigga. Guess who's back? Still. Still doing that shit, Andre? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Check me out. Still Dre Day, nigga, AK, nigga Though I've grown a lot, can't keep it home a lot Cause when I frequent the spots that I'm known to rock You hear the bass from the truck when I'm on the block Ladies, they pay homage, but haters say Dre fell off How, nigga, my last album was the chronic They wanna know if he still got it They say rap's changed, they wanna know how I feel about it you ain't up on things Dr. Dre is the name, I'm ahead of my gang Still puffin' my leaf, still fuck with the beats Still not loving police Still rock my khakis with a cuff and a crease Still got love for the streets Reppin' 213 Still the beats bang, still doing my thing Since I left ain't too much change Still, I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world Still, getting them colors and them logos, girl Still, taking my time to perfect the beat And I still got love for the streets It's the DR I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world Still, hitting them colors and them logos, girl Still, taking my time to perfect the beat and I still got love for the streets. It's the D. Since the last time you heard from me, I lost some friends. Well, hell. Yeah. 
me and Snoop, we dipping again. Uh-huh. Kept my ears to the streets. Signed Eminem, he's triple platinum, doing 50 a week. Still, I stay close to the heat. And even when I was close to defeat, I rose to my feet. My life's like a soundtrack, I rode to the beat. Street rap like Cali weed, I smoke till I'm asleep. Wake up in the AM, compose a beat. I bring the fire till you're soaking in your seat. It's not a fluke, it's been tried, I'm the truth. Since turn out the lights from the world-class wrecking crew. I'm still at it, after mathematics. In the home of drive-bys and acrobatics. Swap meets, sticky green and bad traffic. I dip through, then I get scared. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still, hitting them corners and them lumbos, girl. Still, taking my time to perfect the beat. And I still got love for the streets. It's the DRE. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still, hitting them corners and them lumbos, girl. Still, taking my time to perfect the beat. And I still got love with the streets. It's the DRE. It ain't nothing but Mohai shit. Another classic CD for y'all to vibe with. Whether you're cooling on the corner with your fly bitch. You lay back in the shack. Play this track. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still hitting the corners in the bubbles, girl. I'll break your neck. Damn, they put your face in your lap. Niggas try to be the king, but the ace is back. So if you ain't up on things. Dr. Dre be the name, still running the game, still got it wrapped like a mummy. Still ain't tripping, love to see young blacks get money. Spend time out the hood, take their moms out the hood, hit my boys off the job. No more living hard, barbecues every day, driving fancy cars. Still gon' get my PR. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still hitting them corners and them lumos, girl. Still taking my time to perfect the beat. And I still got love for the street. It's the DRE. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still hitting them corners and them lumos, girl. Still taking my time to perfect the beat. And I still got love for the streets. It's the DRE. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still hitting them corners and them lumos, girl. Still taking my time to perfect the beat. And I still got love for the streets. It's the DRE. Right back up in your motherfucking ass. Nine, five plus four pennies.